excited today. Uh, we're going to get into the word. Let's go ahead and, and pray, and then we'll get right on into the message today. Heavenly Father, we bless you this day, and we thank you for the opportunity to meet together in the name of the precious Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the free gift of salvation that cost you everything. And Lord, we ask that you would anoint your word this day to quicken hearts and minds. Lord, to stir us up to live holy, to live full of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just anoint the word this morning to accomplish your desire. I ask, Lord, that anointing to preach and teach as you desire. And Lord, we all ask for the anointing that we can hear and receive all that the Spirit is speaking to us today. And Lord, we ask it in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Everybody says, Amen. well, glory to God. This morning, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 5. And, uh, you know, the, the message that the Lord's given us uh, today, it really has to do with standing when things are coming against you. And I want you to know as we get into this message that, that, that God's going to do a work in the church. Some in the church, you know, when you're straddling the fence, you're going to go one side or the other. When Jesus rebuked the church in the book of Revelation, he called them to repent. But how many of you know he didn't make them? There was, there was a certain church that they had left their first love, and he rebuked them, and he told them to repent and come back to that first love. Amen? Another one, they were lukewarm. He said, I would rather you be hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I will spew you from my mouth. Amen? So there's, there's a, 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 a position that God wants us to be in as the people of God, and that is to be in the flow of the Spirit of God. I want you to know where your protection comes from is from God. There are things that we're going to see, things that we're going to face. There's battles that are going to ensue. And our strength, our protection comes from the Lord God Most High. Now, saying that's one thing, but standing on that faith is another. Amen. There's a lot of times, people, you get into cliches. And a lot of times when you get around certain folks, they can say all the cliches you want, especially if you're on Facebook, you know. Share this and God will bless you and this and that. People are, are real easy about saying cliches about God, but it's another thing to have a walk with God. Amen. And I want you to know God wants to walk with you, not only walk with you, but he wants to live inside of you. He wants to be the supply of your soul. And there are certain things that we're going to be going through in the upcoming days and the upcoming season that cliches will not help. There's, there, there will be a crisis in the world that cliches cannot help. So we're going to have to have a genuine walk with God. We're going to have to allow God to clean out whatever needs to be cleaned out, to remove whatever needs to be removed, to fill whatever needs, whatever we're lacking in, and to be our supply. Amen? And I know this. I know this, that God, with God, all things are possible. A lot of people today are giving up hope because they see how terrible things are here and how terrible things are there. But I want you to know you're looking at the wrong thing. Because God's not in heaven sweating, you know, he's not wringing his hands, he's not biting his fingernails. God's got everything under control. Amen. He's not fretting with what's going on in society. Now our society's growing more wicked every day. We're becoming more like Sodom and Gomorrah every day. 
We have children that are, that are surgically being changed from a boy to a girl. We, we, we have, you know, homosexual marriage, even in the church. We have adultery and fornication, and if you take a stand against it, you're the bad guy. We have so many issues going on in the world and in the church that it's going to take a move of God to get us, amen, where we need to be for these last days. Because if you're, if you're queasy, if you're shaky, if you're kind of flaky, if you're kind of lukewarm, you're not going to get there in the last days. You're going to have to get on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. You're going to be filled. Listen to me. Come on now. Amen. You're going to have to get on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, and you're going to have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It is, listen, I, I know being, filled, being baptized with the Holy Ghost is not salvational, but it is necessary in order for you to stand in these days in which we live. The Holy Ghost is given to the church to empower you to be who God wants you to be. And if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're going to have a very hard time in this upcoming season. Amen. I want you to know that God would not give us the Holy Spirit if we didn't need it. There is nothing that God supplies that we don't need. Come on now. God is good, and he supplies what we need. And if we did not need his help, he would not send the comforter. He would not baptize us in the Holy Ghost. And that tells you we need him. We need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? We need that. So many people today, they think it's optional. They think it's, you know, it's for super duper Christians. But I want you to know that's God's supply. That's how God quickens you. That's how God empowers you. That's how God causes you to stand. When everyone else will fall, when every other knee will bow to Baal, when everyone else falls down and worships the false gods of Babylon, when everybody else turns back, falls down, when everybody else runs and hides, God will quicken you, empower you, and give you a strength that is not of your own a holy boldness amen the righteous do not run we are bold as a lion in the face of the enemy we are bold as a lion right in the face of the enemy because the strength comes not from us it comes from our God like Jeremiah said there's a fire shot up in my bones it's something that is not natural. It's something that's not of me. I didn't buy it from a store. It's not a cliche. It is a living reality on the inside of my soul that God Almighty supplies. And if you don't have that anointing and that equipping on your life, you're going to have a mighty hard time in this upcoming season. I want you to know that, that, that the, the day in which we live is very unique because there's never been a nation Come on now, as gospel-minded as America that has rejected the reality of God's word as hard as us. I mean, we were gospel savvy. We've trademarked it, copyrighted it, t-shirted it, posterized it. We've plastered the gospel at football games, baseball games, in every country known unto man. And yet we've rejected God. 
We've rejected God. We've rejected his idea of marriage. We've rejected his idea of gender. We've rejected his idea that he's the only God. Amen. We've, we've rejected his plan of salvation. And sadly in the church, instead of, instead of standing on the supply of the Holy Ghost, we've rejected the Holy Ghost and we've given ourselves over to fog machines, laser lights, rock concerts, and everything else in order to entertain folks instead of evangelize folks in Jesus name our mission as the church of Jesus Christ has never been one time to entertain one soul but it has been to evangelize all souls that all may come to know Jesus they will never know Jesus through entertaining them they will never know Jesus through juggling acts only through the preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ will a soul be saved he said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God not by juggling not by trunk or treat not by any entertaining but by the preaching and proclaiming of the word of God and when we have in our lives we have people in our lives that are not saved I want to tell you God wants to use you he wants to anoint you and equip you and put that word in your mouth so that you can share that gospel amen so that they can be saved they're not gonna look I heard it said before God God is not a grandfather amen my kids don't get saved because I'm saved. They got to come and bow their knee before Jehovah God. They've got to come and call on the name of Jesus. Amen? And that's not going to happen until I share the gospel with them. That's not going to happen until I preach the word with that anointing to them. That's what this generation needs. Now, there's many people today that have given up on this generation. And if you look at it, if you watch the news and you look at things like that, you'll give up on it. But I want you to know these people are hungry. They are broken. They are broken. They've been lied to. They, they've, it's like whenever you buy something that was made in China. I mean, they've been told a lie. They've been told that they can live however they want to live and use cliches about God and that they'll be all right. But I want you to know Jesus said that they have to be, listen, born again. They have to be changed on the inside. It's not about where you go to church or your daddy being an elder in a church. It's not about that. It's about God wants to change you on the inside. Old things pass away. All things become new in Jesus' name. That's what God wants to do in this generation. Amen? Well, let's get into the word this morning. 1 Peter chapter 5. It says in verse 8, be sober. Now, sobriety is a beautiful thing from alcohol. It's a necessary thing. But it's also a thing spiritually. You need to know that. Do you know that you can abstain from alcohol but still be drunk on the world? Come on now. Let's reason. You know, that you, 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 you can be allergic to alcohol. Like, you know, I, I used to be a drunkard before I was saved. So I understand when he says be sober, I understand what he means. But there's a spiritual reality to sobriety. Do you know that you can be drunk on Fox News? Do you know that you can be drunk on Wheel of Fortune, Bonanza? 
You can be drunk on football. You can be drunk on shopping. You can be drunk on money. Sobriety means abstaining from whatever is causing you to not think right, act right, and live right before God. And there are certain things that all of us have to abstain from. Uh, Now, all of us got to abstain from alcohol, according to those verses and more. But look, sobriety, spiritually, you have to ask God, Lord, is there something that that is intoxicating me? Am I being intoxicated with the world in some area? There are certain things that I don't do, not because it's sinful, but because it, 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 it brings me to a place where I'm intoxicated. There's just certain things that we can't do. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. That's a familiar verse, but I want to point out a couple of things. Number one, we're entering into a season when you need to know who your adversary is. You need to know who your adversary is. Your adversary is the devil. And and the devil does not play. He kills. He devours. You need to know that. You know why you need to know that? Because he's a deceiver. And he will deceive you to move you off of the fundamentals of your faith. He will deceive you to move you off of the power that God has available for you so that he can devour you. Oh, it's just one time. Oh, it's just this once. Oh, it's just that. Oh, it's just them. He will move you off of the standard that God has. I want you to know Jesus is a rock. But your safety is standing on the rock. Come on now. Your safety is standing on the rock, not next to it. If you build your house next to the rock, it don't matter. When you read Matthew 7, it don't matter how close you build your house to the rock. If it's not on the rock, it's going to fall when the wind and the waves come. You can know all about things. You can be a member of a church. They might even put your name on a plaque somewhere. But if you're not building your house on the rock, you're going to fall when the storms of life come. And I got to tell you, now I, I, I just got to tell you this. We, we are in for a rough season. The America, the church, we can't turn our back on God the way that we have and expect all to go well. Now, in the church, we're going to be all right. When Daniel was in the, in, in the den of lions, listen, not one lion bit him. He was safe. He, God was with him. And as the church of Jesus Christ, we're going to be all right. But I'm talking about our daughters, our sons, our friends, our neighbors. I'm talking about people that, that, that we know, maybe we work with. These people are in danger. These people are in danger. God's judgment is going to come on the world one day. Now, I don't know when, but I know his judgment is going to come on the world. You cannot, you cannot run from the judgment of God. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed in one hour. 
Sodom and, and, and Gomorrah was destroyed in one hour. And when God brings judgment on a land, when God brings judgment on a land, it's quick. It's quick. And we have rejected God. Now, the part I want you to see in this is it says your adversary. The devil's not God's adversary. It's your adversary. Amen? That's what it says, your adversary. Now, listen. The adversary will bring days of affliction upon you. Amen. How many of you have ever lived life and you've never had a day of adversity? Amen. We live in a day of adversity. The, the, the more corrupt our politicians are, the more adversity we live in. The more evil they are, the more adversity we have. And the more adversity we have, it's going to compound for our children and our children's children. And God's looking for a people. Listen, God's looking for a people that will be consecrated and holy and filled with the Holy Ghost in this hour. God's looking for a people that will stand like Daniel stood. God's looking for a people that will not just sit back and watch the world crash and burn, but will burn for souls, will burn for God, will cry out in the wilderness for souls to repent and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. God's looking for a people that are not complacent and just okay with everyone dying and going to hell. God's looking for a people that care. God's looking for a people that care. Now, every one of us goes through adversity. It's not the adversity that's the problem. It's where your strength comes from. That's the problem. You hear that? It's not the adversity. Every one of us goes through adversity. Every one of us goes through hard times. If you've not gone through a hard time, raise your hand. Everybody goes through hard times. It's not the size of the adversity. It's where your strength comes from in it. And that's what I want to touch on today. Turn with me to, to Proverbs 24. Turn with me to Proverbs 24. I was harping on cliches earlier, right? It's not, it's not the size of the giant. It's who anoints that sling and that stone. We'll just borrow that one from David, right? It didn't really matter how big Goliath was. It mattered who had anointed that, that stone. Who anointed it? Amen. Proverbs 24. Look at verse number 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Now, this scripture speaks a lot. There is a day of adversity for all of us. In the day of adversity, that's when calamity comes. There are certain events of our life we'll never forget where we were when that happened. I'll never forget when I, where I was when certain phone calls come. I can still remember the music that was playing. I still remember what I was doing and where I was going. On certain events of my life, when calamity came, I still remember where I was. Because those days of adversity are unique. They're calamity. And they come for all of us. And the point I want you to see is, it says if you faint, fainting is falling. If you fall, it says thy strength is small. 
Something I want to point out. I love the King James Bible. Whenever the King James Bible uses thy or thee or thou, it means he's talking to you. When he says ye, he's talking to a plural. But when he says thy strength is small, what he's saying is if you faint in the day of adversity, it's because your strength is small. Now, come on now. It's, if, if I'm leaning on my strength, I'm going to fall every time. I'm going to fall every time I get a bad report from the doctor. I'm going to fall every time somebody doesn't thank me. I'm going to fall every time somebody doesn't love me. I'm going to fall every time I lose my job. If I'm depending on my own strength, I've got a bad problem. Because I'm going to faint every time the enemy comes at me. Every time the enemy comes at me, if I'm leaning on my own strength, I'm going to fall flat on my face. And you know what? The reality is, a lot of times in the church world, people are leaning on their own understanding and they're leaning on their own strength. Now, my Bible, your Bible, it says that we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding. We're supposed to trust God with all our heart. If we do that, guess what? We're not going to faint in the day of adversity. But so many of us, so many of us, like, you know, we, we used to have chickens and I had a dog. And, and, and it didn't matter how many times you would get onto that dog. If he saw a chicken, he was going to go try to eat it. I mean, we tied up dead chickens around his neck. We did everything we could. But, you know, some people, they're just bound and determined to do stuff like that. Amen? And, you know, when it comes to adversity, some people are just bound and determined to lean on their own understanding. Some people are just bound and determined to do it their own way. And I want you to know God's way is better than yours. You need to hear that today. Now, you know that for the past, and I'm telling you that for the future, because God's way is better than yours. God's got a better way. God's got a way to sustain you. You've got a way to make you faint. And God lets you choose. There are certain battles that I've been in that if I looked at it in the natural, I would have fallen to pieces. There are certain things that we go through in life that if we allow ourselves to kick over into natural reasoning and natural understanding, we are going to fear for our life, run for the hills, and we will faint in the day of adversity. But if we stand on the rock of who Jesus Christ is and allow the power of God to flow through our life, faith will begin to rise and push back every fear, every doubt, every enemy attack in Jesus' name. We've got to stand on the Word of God, though. We can't stand in our own strength. Some of us in this place today, as long as you can still pay your bills, as long as you can still get by, you're not leaning on God. And I want you to know you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up to faint in the day of adversity. Setting yourself up. Small strength is self-strength. Listen to that. Small strength is self-strength. God don't have small strength. If God's your supply, it's not small strength. It says in the end of that verse, it says, thy strength is small. God don't have small strength. God has all power. 
Last time I checked, he was omnipotent. He's all-powerful. There's nothing that my God cannot do. With my God, all things are possible. Last time I checked, everything that is, that, that, that is um, everything in the natural, amen, everything in the natural can be changed by God spiritually in the supernatural. With my God, all things are possible. See, it's not natural for a million people to march across the Red Sea. It's not natural for a million people to march across that place. It's not natural for 5,000 people to be fed with a, a couple of fish and bread. It's not natural for someone to walk on water. It's not natural for someone to be delivered from alcohol. It's not natural for someone like you to be set free from whatever you've been set free from. It's not natural for you to have a new life. It's not natural for old things to pass away and all things to become new in you. That's not natural. It's supernatural. Our God's a supernatural God. And if you rely on your natural strength, you're going to faint. If you rely on your natural strength, you're going to faint. Small strength is self-strength. It's when you rely on your own wisdom, your own understanding, and your own ways. Some of us, we have friends that we counsel with before God. Let me say that again. Some of us have friends that we counsel with before God. We'll run to every Tom, Dick, and Harry on Facebook or in the neighborhood. I need to talk. I need to talk. I need to talk. Well, I want you to know something. God wants to talk with you. God wants to talk with you. God wants a word with you. You're not going to grow in your strength while you're running from God. You can go get all the counseling you need from all the Dr. Fields and all those kind of people, but that's not going to help your soul one iota. Nothing will change until you bow your knee before God and say, Lord, we need to talk. I need to get things right with you. I need you, Lord. Like we're saying, I need you more today than yesterday. There's certain things in our life that just will not function until we get right with God. I want you to know some of you today, you run to your friends before God, and God wants to have a word with you about that. Some of us lean on our own understanding and not the word of God. Well, if, you know, if, if God truly loved me, then I wouldn't be going through this. Stop leaning on your own understanding. Go to the word of God. You lean in on human philosophy. You need to lay those things down and let the Word of God be the Word of God. If you're not guided by the Word of God, you're walking in darkness. My Bible says this is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path, and it's a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. And if you're not bound by the Word of God, you are blind, walking in darkness, and you're going to walk off a cliff one day. The Word of God is there to guide you and lead you in the path that God wants you to go. He will honor that Word. He said that He preserved His Word and he he will bless those come on now he he will bless those that put their faith in his word faith comes by hearing and hearing by that word you're not going to have faith in those last days if you walk away or turn away from the word of god this has to be precious for your soul I believe it was D.L. Moody. He said that sin will keep you from that word, but that word will keep you from sin. 
And if you're, if, if you're not studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God, feasting on the Word of God, if you're not delighting in the Word of God, there's a problem in your soul. There's a sin issue somewhere. I know that's tough medicine. But I want you to know this is God's Word. And you're not, you're not going to get around it. You're not going to get around it. God loves you. He loves you, and he wants to direct you. I I quoted earlier Psalm 23, but he is a good shepherd. David said, my soul shall not want. That's how good my God is. I have no wants when I've got Jesus. I've got everything when I've got him. He leads me in the path I need to go. He feeds me. He restores me. He sustains me. He supplies what my soul needs. But so many people today in the church world, they lean on their own understanding and not the Word of God. Let me show you something in Psalm 73. Psalm Now, as we, as we grow in God, one of the things that God does is he gets us to see more clearly the difference between the natural and the spiritual. God works in the natural, but everything flows from a spiritual genesis. And if you put more confidence in the natural than the spiritual, you done messed up. Where a lot of people need counseling and a lot of people need help and a lot of people, you know, they need this and they need that. It's because they're operating in the natural. They're focusing on the natural and they're neglecting the spiritual. But when God begins to work in our lives, it's because he begins first in that spiritual place. And then it begins to manifest out into the natural. As a rock drops in a pond, boom. That first place, and from that place, the rings of water begin to spread out. God operates the same way. Everything has to have a spiritual beginning. And then from that flows those natural blessings. When we get messed up, it's because we put more confidence in the natural. Well, I don't have this. Well, I don't have that. Well, I don't have this. Well, I don't have that. My God supplies all my needs. That's a spiritual genesis to a natural problem. I don't have this and I don't have that. It's focusing on the natural. My God shall supply all my needs is a spiritual promise that you can stand on, that that rock drops, and from that place, God begins to supply for your natural need. It goes the same way with healing, deliverance, salvation. It goes the same way throughout the whole course of the Word of God. You've got to come to the word of God first and let the let the let what God said be the beginning point, not what you see with your natural eye. It says verse number 25. Whom have I in heaven but thee? 
There is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. Psalm of Asaph here, he's saying first and foremost, you have to see this, that, it, that God is his ultimate desire. There's no one in heaven and no one on earth that he desires more than God. If God can get you to that point, if he can get you to that place, there's something to work with. I have loved ones in heaven that I love. But I love how he says, who do I have in heaven but thee? Who do I have but you? Like everything that God's given me, it's been from him. My, my mom that's in heaven, he gave her to me. How can I love her more than him? He gave her to me. That blessing came from him. He's the genesis of it. Who do I have but you, God? You have supplied my every need. You are the supply of my life. You are the rock of my salvation. You are the hope of my heart. Who do I have in heaven but you? It, what that does, that gets your priorities right. Because as, it's, as we read earlier in the day of adversity, if you faint, it's because your strength, your natural strength is small. I know my natural strength is small. I know I'll, I'll give up. When the going gets tough, they always have that saying, the tough get going. But there's a lot of people, after so many afflictions, after so many denials, after so many rejections, after so many hardships, they'll quit in the natural. I want you to know you're too close to quit. We're too close to going home, church, to quit now. As it says in Hebrews, we are not of those that draw back to perdition. We are those that believe unto salvation. We are not going to draw back in the last days. We're going to press in. God's going to fill us up, and we're going to move forward in Jesus' name, and we're going to do it unto his glory. He said in verse 26, my flesh and my heart faileth. That's the natural. How many of y'all agree your flesh and your heart's natural? Our, our flesh, we got to put natural band-aids on. Our heart, they might have to shock it once or twice. That's natural. You can't put a band-aid or shock what is the soul. That's why the new church movement is not of God. You can't entertain. It says, my flesh and my heart fails, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You see, it, what I'm trying to get you to see here is that if you're, if you're going to be able to stand in the last days or go through a circumstance and come out right on the other side, you're going to have to put zero confidence in the natural, in the flesh, in the things that you can see, and all confidence in the supernatural, in the God that made you, in the God that loves you, in the God that bought you, in the God that sustains you. As you put your faith in him, he will place you upon that rock. Amen. But if you look, if you put more confidence in the natural, you're on shaky ground. Now, the day of adversity comes for all of us. 
The day of adversity comes for all of us. But we're too close. We're too close to the last. We're too close to the end of the road to, to lose heart now. This is a time we've got to dig down. Allow God to remove every doubt. Allow God to remove every fear. Allow God to remove every hindrance. Allow God to remove everything that's not of him in these days. Guys, God loves you, and he will supply your every need. He loves you. It is not because he's got to be bargained with. He's got to be sweet-talked, any of that. God started this thing because he loved us first. The Word of God says we love Him because He first loved us. We love Him because He first loved us. It's His love for you that will sustain you and guide you and be your supply. Friends, He loves you. And you're too close to a hardship or too close to the end of the road. Start getting hard-hearted now and looking at your natural circumstances now. I'm going to take you to two more places. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want you to know in every season, in every situation, God will supply what you need. How many of you have been through a situation that you weren't expecting? <laughs> Amen. It's called life, right? We go through situations that we weren't expecting. We get phone calls we weren't expecting. We get a word from a doctor we weren't expecting. We get a, a letter in the mail we weren't expecting. I'll never forget whenever my, my mom got a Dear John letter from my dad. She wasn't expecting that. You get those, they come. Those, that's called the day of adversity. And if you look at things in the natural, you're going to fall apart on the day of adversity. But if you allow God to do what he can do in you, he will sustain you even in that day. Even in that day, he will sustain you. He will be the rock of your salvation. Amen. And I thank, I thank God for a mom that I got to see that modeled through. It says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12. It says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you, that means allow, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Church, what does God do for you? 
in the day of temptation, if you trust him, what does he do? He makes a way where there was no way. Our God is a way maker. Amen. When it seemed like there was no way, God makes a way. There's times that we go through afflictions and trials that we seem like the world has gone down. It, when we go through certain situations, it seems like life is over. We're at the end. There's nothing left to live for. But I want you to know that if you'll put your confidence in God, he'll make a way for you out of the valley of the shadow of death. Even though you may be in a valley like that, God will give you light in your darkest hour. God will comfort you when the enemy comes at you. God will sustain you when the enemy is after you. God will be a rock for you. When the world's falling down, God will be that rock under your feet, causing you to stand when everyone else is wondering, how are you living? How are you making it? How are you standing in what you've come against? Because my God is for me. The word of God says, if God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. Our God is a way maker. You see it right there. He makes a way of escape. Every single one of us, it's common to man. Every single one of us goes through trials, goes through temptations, goes through hardships, goes through days of adversity. But my God shall make a way where there was no way. It's not a natural way. It's not a way known to man. It's a way that God makes. He makes a way in the wilderness. Amen. He causes water to come up out of the desert. Amen. He brings dead things to life. Amen. Our God's a way maker. Amen. He opens a door that no man can shut, and he shuts doors that no man can open. Our God makes a way when there was no way there. Amen. He says, like, people in my generation know what I'm talking about. He used to, they used to have that commercial, they, the Kool-Aid guy. He would just run through a wall. They would be sitting in a room, and the Kool-Aid guy would just run through a wall. He made a way. The Kool-Aid guy, he made a way. Amen? I want you to know, you may be in a situation, but God will bust in that situation. God will bust in that situation. He's a way maker. He'll make, come on now, he'll make a way to where you are. He'll make a way to where you are. He will get to you. He will sustain you. He will provide for you. Come on now, he will heal you. He will deliver you. He will fill you with the Holy Ghost. He will save you. He will set you free. He will remove the bondage. He will remove the affliction. He will remove the addiction. He will set you free. He is a way maker. He makes a way where there was no way. Amen. How good is our God? How good is our God? In every hardship, we know there's a way through this. There's nothing that this world can bring on me. There's nothing my adversary, the devil, can come at me with that my God can't make a way through. Come on, say hallelujah. It don't matter how dark the night is and how many chains the devil rattles at me. My God's bigger, my God's better, and he's going to deliver me through all of those things. We have a we have a hallelujah. We have a hallelujah in the camp because our God's a way maker. Amen. We have a hallelujah in the camp of God. Amen. The camp of God is shouting this hour because our God's a way maker. Amen. 
And it doesn't matter how many times people say no, and it doesn't matter how many hardships we go through, our God will always make a way for his people. I love this verse. God will always do that for you. He will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear. It says in the next verse, wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. And a lot of people, they don't make this connection. You know that an idol is something that you worship above God. The nation of Israel had a habit of worshiping things and God. It reminds me of America. You know, a lot of times whenever the nation of Israel ran off course, it wasn't because they just said no to God, but they just had their cake and they ate it too. They worshiped the God of the Amorites or the Philistines and the God of Israel. God said, don't marry these people. They married them, and they began to worship their gods and God most high. When it comes to God, he's a jealous God. And he's not going to allow us to worship any other thing. Now, we may not be bowing down to statues like Hindus, or we, we, we may not be bowing down to statues or, and burning candles to them and praying to St. George or St. Mary. We may not be doing that. We may not be in that kind of idolatry. But you know that people can make idols out of other things. You can make an idol out of your job, out of your spouse, out of money. You can make, a, you can make an idol out of politicians. You can make an idol out of all kinds of things. People make idols out of pastors. I know people, it don't matter what the pastor says. They, it don't matter what the church does. They support it. Why? Well, that's my church. Yeah, but your church is doing something against the word of God. You've got to choose God over certain things. Amen. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You don't follow no man if he's deviating from the word of God. You don't follow no church if it's deviating from the word of God. So we can't allow ourselves to have idolatry in our life. Loving something more than God and his truth. Because if I, if, look, there's a precious promise right there. I mean, we, 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 we could sing a song, The Waymaker. I mean, we can get excited talking about the waymaker. But, you know, if you're given over to idolatry, there will not be a way made for you. Some people, they are the idol. Now, this is a hard truth to hear. It's going to get quiet in the church. Some people have made themselves the idol. You know why? I don't feel it. I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't think this. I don't do this. I don't do that. You need to lay that idol down. You need to lay that idol down. Old things need to pass away before all things can be made new in you. You need to lay you down. You need to lay you down. You want to see God work? Lay you down. You want to see God be absent from your life? Make it all about you. I don't think this. I don't think that. I don't think this. I'm not about that. You know, I can go with this, but I can't go with that. I this, I that. Idolatry of self. Idolatry of self. 
Let me take you to one more place, Ephesians chapter 6. Now, I definitely don't have time to do this whole thing, but I want to take you to the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to take you to the armor of God. Now, our God's a way maker. And I told you earlier that God is our supply. It said in Proverbs 24, if you faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Every person in here goes through adverse situations. Some of us will faint and some of us will stand. And I want to I put something before you. The only ones that stand are those that are leaning on God. It's not because they're more educated. It's not because they went to the right school. It's not because they put in more money in the offering box. It's not because they wore the right clothes or went to Second Church on First Street. None of that. No, you'll, if you stand, it's going to be because you trust in God. If you faint, it's going to be because you are leaning on your own strength. It says in Ephesians 6, verse 10. Now think about this in contrast. How many of you know if you faint, that means you're no longer standing? It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Whose strength am I leaning on right there? We're not going to dissect the whole armor of God, so don't worry. But who... If, I, if, if you go to that verse that says, be strong in the Lord, whose strength am I leaning on? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. As one pastor said, you can also say holy. Put on the holy armor of God. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles is every trick, every trap, every adversity, every attack of the enemy can be withstood if your strength comes from God. But you will fall flat on your face if your strength is not in God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I tell you, it shows us right here that the adversity that comes against you, though it is fleshed out in the natural, it has a spiritual genesis. You have an adversary, the devil, that can stir the spirit, the evil spirits against you and cause things to manifest in the natural. We have natural battles, but they have spiritual beginnings. And what I want to put before you today is if it's a spiritual battle, there can only be spiritual victory. 
You cannot fight something that starts in the spirit by the devil and try to attack it in the natural with your flesh. That's why so many saints of God, that's why so many believers are running out of steam, giving up, they're tiring out, tapping out, giving up, drawing back, shrinking back, falling away. They're doing whatever you want to say they're doing, but it's because they're fighting a spiritual battle from a natural position. You can't do it. It tells you right there it is a spiritual battle. And this gets me excited because if it's a spiritual battle, I know where that victory comes from. Because Jesus defeated every every single spiritual force at Calvary. He's been given a name above every name that in heaven, earth and under the earth. He said, all power in heaven and earth is given to me. He's the victor. He overcame. Amen. And if it's a spiritual victory, I know that the battle belongs to the Lord. If it's a spiritual victory that's needed, I know that battle belongs to the Lord. But if you look at battles from the natural perspective, if, if the things that are coming against you, if you look at them from the natural, you're going to get faint hearted real quick. Whenever God told Joshua to go into the promised land, one of the things that he told him was to be, what, courageous. Take courage. Take courage. Take courage. You know why? Because God's going to win the victory. God's going to sustain you. Just like that, just like that, that uh, Kool-Aid guy, God's going to bust through a wall somewhere, somehow, some way. God will make a way for his people. God will make a way when there was no way. But your trust, your hope, your faith has to rest in Jesus Christ and him alone. What he did for you on that cross made a way for you. That is the way that God operates in your life is through your faith in what he did on that cross. That shows you that he loves you. He bought you. Amen. And he's victorious. It shows you all that. He loves you. So he went to the cross. He bought you as his blood shed. And he's victorious because he rose from the dead. The battle. Come on now. The battle belongs to the Lord. Now, you, you have battles your own. The church has battles at large, and America is in a battle right now. And in all situations, the battle belongs to the Lord. Let's put our hope in him. Let's put our hope in him again. Amen? Let's be sober. Let's be vigilant. Let's take a stand against the enemy and put our hope in God again. And God will cause you to stand in the last day. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we bless you this morning. Thank you for the precious gift of the Word of God and of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you for your people that are here today. Lord, we, we know, we know, Father, your desire to work in our life this day. Thank you for speaking this Word to us. Thank you for speaking this Word to us. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would allow this word to get us back to that rock of safety, that rock of salvation, the rock of ages. Lord, we ask that you would do a work in us this morning. 
We pray, Lord, that you would have your way. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to open up our altars in just a second. I want to ask you this morning, if God is speaking to you today, if you can think of a battle you're up against or, you know, maybe a, a certain word spoke to you, would you lift your hand real quick? If God's speaking to you, just lift your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to open up our altars.